On the show today, we'll talk about the lack of a sprint car silly season, last night's results from Bakersfield, and no, the Outlaws don't have a kung fu death grip on sprint car teams. Let's go. It's Wednesday, November 16th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. Before we get going, today's episode is being sponsored by MSP Mounts. If you do any sort of racing, dirt or asphalt, you've got an ATV or a side-by-side, something like that, you're going to want one of these action camera mounts. These are made by racers for racers and are used by some of the top content creators in the game. That includes Flow Racing, Swindell Speed Lab. And if you go back to the Chili Bowl last year, every prelim night winning car had one of these mounts on them. You hear me talking uh, about all the time about, you know, wanting racers to get more into creating content. And this is a must have piece of equipment if you're going to do that. MSP mounts were created by sprint car driver Dan McCarron, who you'll recognize if you're a fan in Ohio or Michigan. He's made all-star starts, outlaw starts all over the place. And these mounts, he sent me one of them. These can fit, uh, if you can see that on the camera, these can fit any tubing or bar that is three quarters of an inch to two inches. And there are multiple inserts that come along with one to get a good fit. Uh, these are what the inserts look like. This is the mount. You can open it up here, put it on your roll bar, close it uh, like this, spin the clamp. And then this right here, if you spin it, it's 360 rotating anywhere you want to put it. Then you just lock it down and you're ready to go. Perfect stuff right there. Uh, you don't need uh, any, you know, any tools here to mount this thing. It goes right on the roll bar. Uh, and like I said, they can rotate 360 degrees, capture any angle you can think of. Sprint cars, modifieds, late models, midgets, micros, outlaw carts, whatever you're racing out there, this thing will work for. And the cool thing of it is, is I actually talked Dan into giving my viewers a discount for these. So head over to mspmounts.com. And if you use code DIRTTRACKER at checkout, you get 10% off. That's D-I-R-T-R-A-C-K-R at checkout for 10% off mspmounts.com. A uh, big thanks to Dan for his support of this show. I wanted to talk today about the sprint car silly season or really the lack of a sprint car silly season to this point. On the lay model side, we've had a ton of moves and it seems like the hits kind of just keep on coming. Yesterday's show was an example of that. You know, we talked about the recent announcement for Jonathan Davenport with his crew chief moving on, Bobby Pierce changing lay model chassis. And those go along with moves that we've already talked about for Brandon Shepard and Devin Moran and Hudson O'Neill and others. And there are still things to decide out there and rumors persist about a few other situations. On the sprint car front, though, not much has happened, and I don't know that we foresee much changing over the next few months. If we look back through the summer, we've had a few moves, and I'm thinking about Scott Boguski and Kevin Thomas Jr. splitting from Clayton Snow and full-time All-Star runs, and more recently, we had Zeb Wise replace Corey Eliason at Rudine, Cap Henry got dropped from Lane Racing, and Roth Motorsports moved on from Kerry Madsen. Beyond that, uh, though, there have been a few regional moves. You know, we talk about Devin Borden leaving Hefner, Bates Hamilton and Tim Cading splitting, John Trone and Chase Deeds parting. But outside of that, there hasn't been much else and nothing super high profile. On his live stream the other night, David Gravel made a good point about the current state of sprint car ownership and how there are fewer car owners and more driver owners. And I'm wondering if that is maybe playing a part here. If you look at the full-time outlaw teams, for example, Logan Schuhart, Jacob Allen, Brock Zierfoss, Craig Kinzer, and Noah Gass all basically drive for themselves or for family-owned teams. And if you throw Casey Kane and Bill Rose into there, that's half of the top 14 in the standings. As for the higher drivers, obviously Sweet Gravel, Macedo Shots, and Hodden Shield are all safe. Those guys are not going anywhere. McFadden, we also know, is confirmed back with Roth. And Baston was Rookie of the Year with CJB. He had a solid first year, plus he has a multi-year contract. 
And if you look at the All-Stars and the high-profile travelers, it's much of the same thing. Uh, with the All-Stars, Sunshine, Peck, Schoenberg, those guys aren't going in anywhere. They all had good seasons. Same with Wyndham and Baylog. Uh, if you look at the travelers, Marks and Macri drive for themselves, as does Rico Abreu and Brian Brown, so those guys aren't going to fire themselves. Uh, and KCP seems pretty happy with Geo. There's even talk of that program escalating back to the Outlaws full-time for 2023. And outside of some other regional drivers and teams that I haven't mentioned right here, I don't see any changes coming for really any of the, you know, start talking about top 30 or so drivers uh, in the country in sprint car racing. There'll be crew changes and some sponsor updates possibly, and we'll await obviously decisions on full-time series runs. Uh, you know, that kind of seems to be the big thing we're waiting on right now. But I think that's really going to be it for off-season drama. And I do think that Gravel's point about owners is probably part of the equation but I also just think that some of these guys are just set in their rides. The stuff, you know, with rides kind of ebbs and flows. Uh, and this year, I think, is just a bit of a down year for changes. Drop a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are kind of on the lack of a sprint car silly season up to this point. Also, I wanted to quickly address today the piece from Joseph uh, Terrell that was posted to SprintCarUnlimited.com yesterday. Uh, since this is kind of the topic du jour, he wrote about the Word of Outlaws needing to allow their drivers more freedom for next season. And use statements like Kung Fu Death Grip and Monopoly when talking about the relationship between WRG and its platinum teams on the sprint car side anyway. I feel like this type of narrative is really misleading and does not accurately describe how the arrangement works between sprint car teams running a series full time. Again, World Racing Group does not control any sprint car team. You can run every single World of Outlaws race on the calendar and not be under any sort of restrictions from the series. And let me repeat that. A sprint car team can run every outlaw show and do whatever they want on the side. Drivers and teams trade their ability to run wherever they want for a guaranteed payout when they sign the contract to be a full-time Platinum member. And those benefits, the, the, the guaranteed payout, tow money, points fund, bonus cash, all of that stuff. It's a contract. They sign it willingly. That's not a Kung Fu death grip. That's a business arrangement. And you might not like Brian Carter or the Word of Outlaws, and that's fine. You do you. And I certainly understand that the series are touted as the bad guys in these cases. And I've seen the terrible social media comments and the emails. I used to work there. I've seen all of the backlash. But this idea that they're somehow keeping sprint car teams on a leash is just not true. Also, WRG and the World of Outlaws is in no way a monopoly. As the biggest series in the game, they do wield a lot of influence, as you would expect. But they do not control the entire sport of sprint car racing. Even just the idea of the creation of the High Limit series proves that to be the case. If they had an actual monopoly... High Limit would be in the process of being squashed if it wasn't squashed already, like the way we've seen actual monopolies squash their competition in other areas. If you want to talk about Microsoft, Standard Oil, Bell Telephone. And I'm fully aware that some of you are going to get into the comments now and call me a WRG homer and question my biases after me saying this. And that's fine. It doesn't bother me one bit. I worked there uh, and I'm not sure where I stand on a lot of this stuff. I just think we need to be clear about how, how all of this works so that the fans and the people out there understand what the actual situation is at play. There's no Kung Fu death grip, no monopoly in these situations. All right. Last night at Bakersfield Speedway in California, the USAC National Midgets kicked off their final stretch of races for 2022. They ended up with 39 cars taking time and qualifying. Pretty crazy to look at the times and see just how tight these USAC Midget fields are. Jade Avedizian went quick time at 12.416, and the top 10 was separated by just two tenths. The top 20 was separated by three tenths, and the top 30 was half a second. And of those 39 cars, 28% of them were fielded by uh, Keith Coons. Uh, KKM brought 11 different drivers to the West Coast. With that many in the show, you're bound to have some of them run into each other, and that's kind of what happened in Heat 4. 
Taylor Reimer and Kay Lewis got into a disagreement over real estate and Lewis ended up going for a tumble and in the process collected a third KKM car in Dominic Gordon. I guess that's a risk you take with just such a big percentage of the field coming from one organization. Uh, with the field so tight and the track hooked up, there were some big names that didn't make last night's feature, including Carson Macedo, Jake Swanson, Kevin Thomas Jr., and Ryan Timms. Taylor Reimer ended up leading the field to green, and she led the first six laps before third starting Thomas Meserell took over on lap seven. Timaz was never challenged again out front, including on two late restarts. It was his third series win of 2022. New Zealand's Michael Pickens finished second in a Dave McDalby car, and points leader Buddy Kofoid was third. Pickens raced just this last Saturday night in New Zealand, then hopping on a plane to head to the U.S. for this final West Coast swing. And I think with the pace he showed last night, he could definitely snag a win in one of these races coming up. The podium for Buddy Kofoid and a sixth for Justin Grant means the points gap has been extended to 209 now with six nights left. Teams are off today, and then the Hangtown 100 weekend starts Thursday over at Placerville. Out there in other dirt racing podcasts this week, Passing Points has Jerry Russell and also host uh, Michael Tyree is venturing into some coverage of sprint car racing down under. So check out those episodes coming up. Uh, also, Forward Bite uh, has Devin Morgan and there are new episodes of The Dirt Reporters, Loud Pedal, The Dirt Nerds and Dirt Tracks and Rib Racks. To see the full list of shows and episodes, head over to dirttracker.com slash podcasts. And the only things on today's streaming schedule are Flow Racing 24-7 and Dirt Vision Now. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. That's it for the show today. Have a good Wednesday. Please hit that like button and subscribe to the show if you don't do so already. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily.